Blessed is the man who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. But the man who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night, he is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, prospers. today we speak the name of Jesus. Father, there is nothing else that matters more today or any day of our lives than the name of Jesus. Father, I pray today we would take our minds off of the cares of this world for just a little bit and that we would speak and hear and worship and adore the name of Jesus. Father, it is he who has brought us here. It is him who has saved us and sent us, uh, promised us life and life more abundant. And today, Lord, I pray that we would just speak the name of Jesus. God, thank you for your presence in this place this morning. Thank you for all that's been prayed and all that's been sung. And we pray that it all bring glory and honor to you. We ask it all today in the precious, wonderful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Let me put in a shameless plug as a member of your state convention of Baptist and Indiana staff. Uh, let me uh, encourage you, ladies, please uh, pray through going to Transformed. Uh, it is one of the largest meetings we have in our state convention, and uh, it is well put together. It is well planned. It is always well staffed. Last year, the devil showed up, and one of the speakers, the flight was canceled, and another one got sick, and something else happened to somebody else. But the Lord showed up, sent in substitutes for those folks who were sick and could not be there, and uh, the Lord showed up and changed the lives of women from all across our state. So let me encourage you, uh, if at all possible, uh, to attend transformed. Uh, very quickly this morning uh, in John chapter 15, John chapter 15, very familiar verses uh, this morning, beginning in verse, uh, verse 1, going through verse 5. It's on page 956 in my Bible, if that helps you any. When you get to John chapter 15, verse, five, verse 1, say amen. amen. I am the vine, this is Jesus speaking, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that, that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I am him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing." 
We have looked in the, in the previous two weeks, we have looked at what kind of soil the gospel seed has found in our hearts. We looked at the seed uh, that was... Uh, uh, difficult. Uh, we looked at uh, the soil that was uh, ungraded, un unfertilized, unkept. And we've, we looked at what it takes to grow. And we understand, we looked last week at grow, uh, at the idea of growing. And we, and we came to the conclusion, I pray that we all uh, understood this and agreed on this, that number one, God and God alone brings growth. And it is his responsibility to bring the growth. But it is our responsibility to put ourselves in a place where we can grow. Amen? We cannot live, uh, uh, I've, I've seen this on the internet many times, we cannot live, uh, we cannot shack up with the devil and expect God to pay the rent. Uh, and so we must put ourselves in a place where we can grow. And we saw that we are God's field and God's co-workers. Do you still agree with me on that? Say amen. We are God's field. We are his co-workers. We looked at that last week and I pray that we understand that this side of heaven we are his field to do with what he wants to do. We agreed, I believe, that in God's garden and in the field that we are, growth is not an option. It is something that must take place. And then we touched very briefly, and there's a whole other sermon series on this, but we touched briefly on allowing adversity to bring growth. When we, uh, when we arrived here uh, last Saturday night, Saturday a week ago, uh, we had planned to um, leave here Sunday after, leave here, grab a bite of lunch, and get on the road to Jacksonville, Florida. Dr. Siegel texts me and he says, listen, this has happened and Peggy is just really, she is bruised up. She is really not in a place for company. And so our, our plans were just, we didn't do anything last week we had planned to do. But in talking to Dr. Siegel, and I'll ask you, as I have uh, every week since I've been here, to add Peggy Siegel to your list, because in the midst of this adversity, because I don't know about anybody here, but the Siegel family did not say, Lord God, we would love if you would send Peggy ALS. But in the midst of this adv uh, adversity, they are praising God, not for the ALS, but they are praising God because he's going to be a God through the ALS and whatever else life piles on Peggy in the days ahead. We touched on that just briefly last week. This morning I want us to, to, to land on probably the most difficult aspect of this entire series. And we are talking about pruning. Jesus says there that uh, my father is the vine dresser and every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he cuts it off. He takes it away, but every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it. Can I tell you, pruning by definition is this. Webster says to prune is to cut away dead branches, to trim specifically to increase fruitfulness or growth. Like many aspects of our lives, pruning is not always easy. But I believe that it is an absolute necessity in the life of the believer for God, for us to allow God to come and prune away those things that suck our attention away from him, our energy away from him, our resources away from him, and our very presence with him. And I believe as the master gardener, I believe God has that right. A couple of things I want to see very quickly this morning. Number one, God's, green, God's got 
a green thumb. Verse 1 there. I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. Anybody here, you know somebody that, that, is a, that is a vineyard person? They grow grapes. Have you ever seen a commercial vineyard? They go through there when grape season is over, and they prune things back, and they cut things back. And, and if you were to look at it and not know what you're looking at, you would say, good grief. They've cut that thing back. To, it'll never grow grapes again. But then the next year, the grapes grow back maybe just a little bit sweeter. Maybe they grow back just a little bit bigger. And so I share with you that that must take place. And Jesus is making a couple of things clear here. He's he's saying, number one, that apart from him, there is nothing you and I can do. Now, there are thousands, if not tens of thousands, of lost people in Evansville today. There were hundreds of thousands. In the last uh, survey, if you know anything about Indianapolis, you know that 465 makes a 60-mile circle around the city of Indianapolis. Within that circle, that last census, which was probably 8 or 10 years ago, there were over 1.5 million people just inside that circle that have no significant relationship with Jesus Christ. And they have stuff, and they have jobs, and they have children, and they have careers. And so when we hear that, and we read that Jesus says, you can do nothing, you and I need to understand, we can do nothing that he wants us to do apart from his direction and our intimate relationship and connection with him as the vine. Secondly, Jesus points out there that the master gardener does the cultivating in the lives of his people. And I hope you understand that. It is God and God alone. And here's why it is important. No one else is qualified to prune away things in your life and my life other than the one by whom we were wondrously and fearfully made. Oh, friends, do you understand that? The vine dresser, he decided what you and I were going to look like. He decided how tall we would be, how short would we be, how wide or how thin we would be. He decided how aesthetically pleasing we may or may not be. He created us because he has a specific ministry and mission for every single one of us. That's why we're, we're compared, the Bible compares us to the body. We've talked about that before, that we all have a purpose. Every, everything in the body has a purpose. I'm still figuring, and I, it took me a long time, but I did finally understand that the purpose of the, big, of the small toe, the little pinky toe, the little piggy on the end, his only job in life is to find the corner of every piece of furniture in your house in the dark. Apparently, those of you laughing have never found that. Because it ain't funny. But for you and I today, it is of utmost importance that you and I realize, recognize, accept, and and agree that as we walk through this pruning process that we're talking about today, it is imperative that you and I understand who is holding the shears. And I pray that as we go through this, we'll understand that God's got a green thumb. 
He made us. The Bible says that before we were formed in our mother's womb, he knew us. He knew that Grace Baptist Church would be here on Garvin Street for 100 years. He knew that Pastor Ray was leaving. He knew that he, he had already uh, put a, a man in place somewhere that will come in and step in this sacred pulpit and be the next leader of this great church. He knew all of that before the foundation of the world was laid. And if you and I can grab a hold of that, It'll help us as we go through this grieving loss process this, uh, that we've been going through since January 1st. But we, it's imperative that we understand who is doing the pruning. And here's why it's important. The master gardener always has the great big plan. He always has the great big view as he looks out over us. And he knows, believe it or not... He, he knows what is for our best. Now, I would love to be able to go to Cecil Siegel in Jacksonville 4 today and say, Doc, man, I know. I know why God has, has allowed Peggy to, to get this ALS. I know why. But that, that's not my business. Y'all understand that. Amen? That's God's business to speak to the Siegels and to, to us as we go through whatever struggles you and I may be going through today. This, the video we, we watched, it's going to come into play here in just a few moments. Uh, but I love that song, and, I, and that was my worship song this morning after, as I got up and sat at the duplex and, and read over my notes today. It, it popped up. And uh, listen, ultimately, uh, we do need to speak that wonderful name of Jesus over the things that we have. And we're going to talk about that in just a little bit. Number two, I want you to see the gentle art uh, of... Uh, um, well, good grief. Uh, cultivation and elimination. Do we have any pack rats here that you would publicly profess that? I see you pointing. I see that, I see that hand. Uh, I was that way for a long time. And I think I've shared with you that Annalisa and I have started the, the we've started the art uh, of downsizing and cultivating stuff. There's a man that lives up the road from the camp from us, and he has a beautiful home. It's an older home, and he has a two-car garage, and there's a big building out back, and then he had a big pole barn built up by the road. And uh, the, gar- the two-car garage at the house is full. The building way in the back is full, and the, the one up here is so full, you can't put another thing in it. That is not cultivating, just so you know. But God is the master cultivator and eliminator. And I pray that you and I would understand. Verse 2, every branch, again, this is Jesus speaking. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, that it may bear more fruit. Beloved, please understand when God comes and removes something from our lives, it is always for our good. Even if that thing might be a good thing, God has the authority to take that good thing that something even better could come in its place. Now again, referring back to the seagulls, I have no clue what God's plan is for Miss Peggy and this ALS and all that's going on. Uh, Certainly I've been praying and the, the seagulls have been praying, God take this from her. But again, the master gardener has the bigger vision and the bigger scope of things. But here's why elimination and cultivation are important. Healthy plants 
will waste energy and nutrients on branches that are dead. We have an apple tree in the backyard at the house where we live on the campus at Highland Lakes. And it is, it is a raggedy looking tree. Uh, about every other year it will not produce an, a single apple. And then this year it produced apples and they were everywhere but they are, there is no consistency in the apples. Some of them were this big. Some of them were this big. Some of them were half rotted before they got to the ground. Others really never fell off the tree. But if I would take time to either learn to do it myself or call someone who knows how to prune an apple tree, they could come in and in next year or the year after, I would almost guarantee there would be apples galore on that tree so beautiful that you just go out there and pull one off and eat it. Same for you and I. You and I need the pruning of God because it doesn't matter who we are. A supply preacher, an interim preacher, a full-time preacher, a deacon, a Sunday school teacher, or someone who simply comes to worship we all get hung up with stuff that sucks the life and energy right out of our relationship with God. Now, if that hurts your feelings this morning, I'm sorry. And I'll be at the back door uh, after worship and I'll give you a hug because I want you to go away. Uh, I don't want you going away not liking me. But if that upsets you, please take that up with the master gardener. That deadness may be a sin that needs to be removed from our lives. And guess what? We're all sinners. Amen? We all blow it every day. I've blown it since I walked in the building this morning. It's some sin that maybe needs to be removed. It may be a discipline in our lives that we need to accept. Maybe we need to understand we're not praying like we used to. Maybe we're feeling that we're not as close to God as we used to be. Y'all remember the story? I know you've heard it here. Uh, senior adult couple, they were traveling in their truck and they're driving down the road and, and the wife looks over and says, Honey, why don't we sit next to each other when we're riding in the truck like we used to? And her husband, being a wise man, looked over at her and said, Honey, I have not moved. Beloved, I want to tell you, if in this moment, right here in this place today, you don't feel as close to God as you once were, can I tell you, he has not moved. Maybe there's a discipline of loving him and devotion, devotion to him that we need to rekindle. Maybe it's something good in our lives that I was talking about earlier that God wants to remove for something that is even greater than what we have for. The master gardener will prune these things, and we might, in the process, come into a deeper, richer, more intimate relationship with the Father than we've ever experienced before because we come to a place, not because I preached on it, but because the, we allowed the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives. Maybe we'll come to that place where we'll say, God, right now, I, I can't think of what needs to be pruned, but God, whatever it is, you know. You know. And so God, will you, God, will you, will you allow me, will you cause me to allow you to snip that thing away? 
because I believe that there's something greater on the other side of this pruning. Number three, I want you to see when talking about pruning, less can really and truly be more. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. And I don't think I gave this to you all, Donnie. But anyway, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, a very familiar verse. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which is so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Beloved, do you understand as a believer, there is someone watching you and I. It may be a neighbor, it may be a relative, it may be a co-worker, it may be someone that you've never met, but it's someone in all of our lives as believers, there is someone who is watching us. The Hebrew writer there says, listen, let's lay aside all that stuff that so easily ensnares us, that traps us, from keep, that keeps us from being and doing what God has called us to do. And I want to share with you, I can tell you from personal experience, that is not a very comfortable thing to do. Church, let me ask you this morning, As you sit in this place this morning, what weight has you ensnared? What weight has you in such a way that you cannot run the race that God has laid out for you? Maybe it's a spirit of I just really don't care. One of the saddest testimonies I've ever heard as a pastor was at a previous church. And over the years and years and years, God had been so good to that church. Other churches pouring into them, speaking into them, having like the hands across any animation project that Grace is so known for. And the opportunity arose for us as a church to help a new church plant for $50 a month. Now back in, that would have been 91, 90, well, 93, 94, I wouldn't turn down $50 a month. I don't know about you, I wouldn't turn it down today. But we came to the business meeting and we, we, the motion was made for us to help this new church plant for $50 a month. And the saddest testimony I've ever heard is a lady stood up and said, Listen, all of these years we've gotten by on our own. Let them get by on their own. And I'm not much of a people person now, some people tell me. But I really wasn't a people person there, Brother Gary. And I said, well, then we ought to send back every, every window in this building that was donated. We ought to send back every door and every carpet square and every pew and everything that was sent here to us. We ought to send that back and let's, let's get it on our own. I share that to say that you and I need to come to that place where we understand, number one, we cannot outgive God. 
But when we give him as that master gardener, we give him that authority that he already has and we recognize and realize and accept that, he will always, always, always bring into our lives better than what we gave up. I just believe that with all of my heart. But it is not an easy process by virtue of its very nature. And when things are removed that are not healthy, we find ourselves in a place where all of a sudden life is a little easier. Life is a little better. I'm not a prosperity gospel preacher, but I'm just sharing with you when we give those things over to God, if it's our time, our talent, our treasures, whatever it may be, when he, when he prunes those things away that don't need to be in the life of a believer, he replaces them with things that are better than we could have ever imagined before in our lives. But it is a difficult process. I don't know about you, but... Over the nearly 39 years that I've been a believer and most of that been in ministry, I have lost a few friends because of my conviction, my biblical convictions. Uh, I have friends now that, I, that uh, we just know we can't talk religion. Y'all got anybody like that in your life? You, you just can't talk. You know, they say don't talk politics or religion at the dinner table. Um, don't put it on Facebook either, by the way. Um, But when we allow God to come through with those snips and we allow him to take that thing away because he says, Jesus says here that that's what my father does, something that doesn't bear fruit, he, he takes it away. But if we allow him, if we're bearing fruit, if we're loving him, we're serving him, if he, will, he will prune us and better things are coming. I don't know if it was Pastor Ray. I've heard this story many times, but a story of a lady that uh, at her funeral, as part of her uh, last uh, uh, directions for her service and her funeral and her, her celebration of life, she asked to be buried with a fork in her hand. Because you know what? When you go out to eat... If you go, I don't know, if you go to, I don't know, Golden Corral, and you go through that big old buffet, and you've eaten all you think you can stand, and then you realize, oh, there's some peach cobbler over there. And just beyond the peach cobbler, there's an ice cream machine. And so when I'm there, I keep my fork and I keep my spoon because there's something better coming. That was the reason the lady was buried with the fork because she knew something better was coming. I want to tell you, I can't tell you enough. If you and I will allow God to prune those things out of our lives that we know, number one, that we know we should not have or do not need. He will replace those things with things that are much better. Let me ask you this question. As you sit here this morning, church, individually, what do we need to have pruned from our lives today? 
Can I tell you the biggest pruning job that I need in my life is the sin of frustration. Because you understand frustration is a sin. You know that, right? Listen, I, we, we got kinda, I got kind of frustrated last week when our, you know, we had laid out all these plans. And, and none, we, Annalise and I still enjoyed a wonderful week. Um, Tomorrow is really going to be bad because since we started our vacation, uh, we go to bed when we want to in the afternoon. And we didn't get up any morning this week. We didn't get up before 10 o'clock. I got to hit the ground running at 6.30 in the morning. That's going to be bad. I'm going to ask God to prune that 6.30 start time to about 9. But frustration is one of those things that just so easily grabs a hold of me when things don't go the way I think they should. And that's the reason that frustration is a sin because we don't understand. God is in charge of all of our time. And if he changes, throws a rope or throws a, a rock in our plans, then we need to understand if he's the master gardener and does the pruning, he is doing something that is for our good. But we need to allow that pruning. What do we need to allow, church? This morning as we sit here, what uh, is it worth gaining the life that Jesus promised there in John 10, 10? You remember Jesus said, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. But what did he say? But I have come, what? To give them life and give them life more abundant. I share with you this morning, if you and I will let that master gardener do that pruning, that difficult, uncomfortable, horribly painful at times procedure of cutting away the branches that do not bear fruit, I believe he will give us that life and give us that life more abundant. That, Bruce, that verse in Hebrews, Bruce 12, set aside... Set aside, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run, the, uh, let us run with endurance the race that he has set before us. I have never seen a marathon runner run in work boots. I have never seen an Olympic swimmer in a competition wearing a hat, flippers, and a weighted vest. I've never seen that. Why? Because they are in the race that has been assigned to them, and they know that they can't wear the boots. They can't wear the flippers. They can't wear the, the weighted vest. They need to set all of that aside because they know that it will ensnare them. I don't watch a lot of the Olympics when they're on, but I love watching swimming. And I, learned, I love some of the statistics that a certain cap can, call, can shave a, a tenth of a second off of a swimmer's time. A certain outfit, uh, a certain this, uh, hair being cut, on and on. There are those little things that they do that they know can trip them up if they do not do them. Can I tell you? For the church of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ in 2023, we need to be as mindful of those things that trip us up and ensnare us. And when we come across those things, I pray that we would have the confidence in the heart, as Miss Lisa talked about and sang about this morning. We may not see the hand of God, but I pray that we would have confidence in the heart of God that when he wants to prune those things away, we will be the first in line to say, Lord, you know what I need. Take a little off the top. So church, I want to ask you again. 
What do we need to allow the master gardener to prune? Lastly, this morning, very quickly, verse 4 and 5. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I, Jesus, am the vine, and you, church, are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. A limb fell out of the apple tree in our backyard a couple of years ago. And I'll be honest with you, I just, I just let it lay there for a while, mowed around it for a whole season. And that year, there were apples all over that tree, but there wasn't a single one on the branch that was on the, vine, on the ground. You know why? It had come, become detached from the vine. It had come detached from the, the trunk of the tree where its life was dependent. Our plantedness, made up word, our growth and our strength and our fruit comes solely from the living connection that you and I have to a faithful, kind, wonderful, righteous, all-loving, all-knowing, all-forgiving Savior, and His name is Jesus. You and I can do nothing apart from Him. Stay connected to Him. Stay connected through the adversities of life. Because they're going to come. If they haven't come in your life yet, they're going to come. And I, I say this very often. If, if, if anyone's ever stood here in this pulpit and said, listen, when you get saved, life is smooth sailing. Everything is fine. Everything's going to be okay. You're going to have all the money you need. Your, your children are going to be fine. Your marriage is going to be fine. Your health is going to be fine. You'll never have an issue. The uh, Greek word for that is belogonos. It's where we get our Greek word baloney. But we need to stay close to Him through adversity, through the trials of life, through the hardships, through the unexpected blindsiding things that happen in our lives. And if you and I will remain, remain connected to the vine, because apart from Him, we can do nothing. In February, you're going to gather in this auditorium and you're going to have ten names. And I pray that you will put all ten of those names in a very prominent place in your Bible, on your table, in your car, in your office, somewhere. And pray for those ten names between now and February. I think it's February the 15th, whatever that date is. Because here's why that's important. Those five individuals are going to be seeking the future of Grace Baptist Church. And I don't care if, that, if everybody on that team has been a member at Grace for 50 years. Doesn't matter how they have served here. Doesn't matter what position they hold. If they are not number one as individuals, if they are not connected to the vine, they will not be able to do anything. If they are not connected to the vine, they may find a man, but it may not be God's man. And I'm going to tell you, it's better to have no man 
than somebody that is not God's man. But I want to ask you again this morning, what areas in your life, church, right now, could use some pruning. Here's why the song that we sang this morning is, in, or that we saw is important this morning. In that song, it said, I speak the name of Jesus over life. I speak the name of Jesus over anxiety and over the life that is full of depression. I speak the name that, and pray and speak it and sing it as though it were a fire. I can't speak for any of you in this place this morning, but let me tell you why that song is important to me and the pruning, because it says, I pray the name of Jesus over my family, over my church, and on and on. I want to tell you why it's important to me this morning. I have a loved one that suffers with depression. I have a loved one that suffers with anxiety. And it's, it's debilitating at times. And oh God, that I pray that my relative would cry out and ask Jesus, Jesus, prune this. Father, you are the vine dresser. Would you come and would you take this thing away? And here's why it's important for you today. Some of you in this place, right here, right now, if you'd be honest before God, you need to speak the name of Jesus over something in your life right here right now. The first thing I would speak over the life of any man, woman, boy, and girl in this place this morning, I would speak the name of Jesus over your lostness. Oh, dear friends, God sent his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, would not die and go to hell, but would have everlasting abundant life in heaven with the Father. You don't have to go to a seminary class and understand how to, how, to, how to get saved. It's as simple as you coming to a place where you realize, here's your sin debt, here's your ability to pay, the two will never meet until Jesus comes in and he wipes out that sin and he raises you to, to that higher place. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, what? Grace would draw all men? No. He said, I will draw all men unto myself. And so if you're here this morning, if you're watching us online, I want to tell you the first thing I speak the name of Jesus over this morning is your lostness. The second thing I pray that we would speak the name of Jesus over this morning would be those things in our lives right here, right now, that we need to say enough is enough. God, you, Father, the enemy has had this thing in my life so long I don't remember life without it. But today, could we speak the name of Jesus? Secondly, I, I pray that we would speak the name of Jesus over our abilities to say, I don't care what anybody else thinks. This morning, I'm going to speak the name of Jesus over this, this infirmity that I have, this physical need, this emotional, spiritual, economic, social need that I have, I want to speak the name of Jesus over that because I'm going to speak it for the authority and the power that it holds. Now, here's where we have to be careful. We have to be careful not to let the devil distract us 
this morning. For you see, when a Baptist preacher starts talking about speaking the name of Jesus over something, somebody's looking for somebody to fall out in the floor. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you and I as a group of believers at 1200 North Garvin on the 22nd day of January 2023 saying to the Lord, Lord, you know where I need to be pruned? Lord, you know what needs to be taken? Lord, would you give me the ability and the bravery and the faith in you to let you prune that thing right here, right now. The great news is, I don't, know, I don't need to know what that thing is. Robert doesn't need to know what that thing is. The deacons don't need to know what the thing is. God already knows what it is. He's just waiting on you and I to say, Master Gardener, here am I. Make me into what you want me to be. Father, I love you. And God, you are indeed the master gardener. And Father, this morning I deeply speak the name of Jesus over the depression and anxiety of my family member. And Father, I pray that you would prune that thing away. But Father, I would believe that in a crowd this size, there's someone here this morning that needs that monster spoken over today. Father, I believe that every one of us, because we are sinners by nature, we need to be pruned today. And so Father, I pray right now for those gathered in this place, those who are watching this online God, would today be the day we say, God, prune us into what you have for us to be. Lord, I love you. As we sing this invitation hymn, I pray you'd move in the hearts of men and women across this auditorium. Father, I pray you'd move in the hearts of those who are watching this now or watching it later. And Father, first and foremost, we would make sure that our relationship with you is right. And that, God, you are, you are the light of our world. And we are your children. So do with us as you will. Thank you, Father, for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.